0: Hi there, I am Beverly Lewis, and you are in the high road to leadership, or on the road, I should say. And I want to welcome you. If you're a returning listener, thank you for being here. And if you're brand new, we're on a journey together. And one of the greatest things our nation is in need of is excellent leadership, trusted leadership, leaders with character, integrity, commitment, passion all of those things and more. And what I do know is that they say that we always should take the high road, but it's not the easiest road. The crowds are on the low roads because they're easier. And human nature tends to take the route of least resistance. But I want to thank you for choosing excellence. I want to thank you for choosing a journey that stretches you, grows you, and increases your influence and impact. And that's what we're all about. I'm solo today. And by the way, sometimes when I say, Hi, I'm Beverly Lewis. Welcome to the High Road to Leadership. I bet you think, Hmm, who is this person? And I just have to laugh and think that when I answer the phone, a lot of times there's these long pauses after I say my greeting, because people are like, Is this a real person? So, Yes, I am a real person. I have been in business for about 40 years, which is forever, um, on as the timeline goes. Seen a lot of things, learned a lot of things, had some fantastic successes, had some embarrassing failures, and through it all, I've learned a lot. And I'm still cranking, still training. I'm a speaker, trainer, author, writer. I do a lot of things i'm a mom, a grandmom, a wife i'm just I'm just in love with life, and I'm wanting to share that journey with you. so today, we're going to talk about empowerment. now it's interesting. I was recently asked to do a training on the empowerment of leaders which is not all about being powerful it's all about helping others be powerful but as i dug into this topic i realized that i had a resistance to the word empowerment and i had to think about why it has nothing to do with the word itself because i like to break down words yes i'm a word nerd but m means in so the empowerment of the word it means it's in you Power is strength, might, ability. Pretty self-explanatory. It does include self-confidence. And so I thought, okay, so why am I resistant to this word? What is the problem? And I realized that when I looked at the history of the word, even though it's an old French word, uh, which was used often in the early 1300s, that it became a buzzword in the marketplace in the late 1980s. I was around at that time. So many of you were not, and you don't remember that it was a buzzword. But women's empowerment was big. It had a lot to do with gender equality. So it it it's interesting. I look at Wikipedia as the People's Dictionary, and it defines empowerment as the degree of autonomy and self-determination in people and in communities. This enables to represent their interest in a responsible and self determined way. Well, as I mentioned, in the eighties and nineties, it was a word associated with movements of people, particularly gender and race equality. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, certainly. However, buzzwords often become abrasive to me particularly. And, and one of the reasons why is because they are tossed around so much that they either lose their meaning, meaning or they become like um, a castle built in the sand, that there's a lot of talk, it looks good, but there's not a lot of action. And boy, we could get off on a whole subject of that, of buzzwords that lose their meaning. And empowerment, in my book, lost its meaning for a while. But the good news is that we don't have to lose the value of that word. We don't have to use the meaning of how it makes us better leaders. But before we leave this whole subject of the meaning of the word empowerment, I do want to just share with you that I often have revelation about language and words by studying the antonyms as well, or what, what words express the opposite of what we're trying to say. And I believe that the opposite of empowerment is entitlement. In fact, entitlement mentality can be defined as a state of mind in which an individual believes that privileges are rights. It's a mindset that finds fault, blames others, and thinks the world revolves around oneself. So it's quite the opposite of empowerment. It does not lead to excellence. Whereas p- empowerment carries the meaning of personal responsibility, practical action. It empowerment is selfless whereas entitlement is selfish. If entitlement and p- empowerment had personalities and voices, I think they would sound like this. Entitlement, why bother? There's no hope. Empowerment, let's do this. There are always possibilities. Entitlement would say, I'm overlooked and undervalued. I quit. Empowerment says, I'm fortunate. I can make a contribution and I will persevere. And the voice of entitlement says, I deserve help. I'm owed. And empowerment says, I'll earn my way and I'm awed. (laughs) I like that. My words of this year are awe and wonder. But let's look at empowerment and what it means in the context of leadership today. We're going to talk about what it is, what it means, and how you can develop it all in the next few minutes. So buckle your seatbelt. But as we Buckle your seatbelt. I'm going to ask you a kind of a fun question. If you had a superpower, that it, I guess if it, let me propose it pose it this way. If you could identify one of your strengths, first of all, what what strength is a superpower for you in the natural? What do you do well? And now, if you could make that strength a superpower, what would you do with it? That's that's my question, because, in fact, when we're talking about empowerment, even though essentially in leadership, it means the ability to help other people release their own potential. It also you can't really serve in that capacity unless you're releasing your own, which means being in touch with your own identity, being self-aware. Oh, I did an episode on self-awareness a few back and talked about the fact that about 90% of people consider themselves very self-aware, when in reality, only 12 to 15% of the population are actually self-aware. So you do have to be self-aware. You do have to be plugged in to your own strengths and your own strengths. Olden weaknesses, so that's the next question: What is your kryptonite now, for those of you who aren't superman fans, kryptonite is the substance that takes away and drains superman's power it also a word if you don't like kryptonite, you could say, what is your Achilles heel, which comes from Greek literature and is an, is a weakness it is a it has the mythological origin referring to a physical vulnerability, but references currently are really about attributes or qualities that can lead to a downfall. So what is one of your weaknesses? That Just that exercise of recognizing your strengths, what you would do with the superpower, and what is a key weakness for you that you know you need to work on. That's part of self-awareness. You don't have to be perfect. We're going to be talking about that as we go along here today, but you have to be aware. Well, a cool thing about empowerment is it really in my book means letting people bring their brains to work and allowing them to use their gifts, their talent, their knowledge, experience and their motivation to create a healthy bottom line for the organization. In a global study, two of the three most highly rated attributes for leaders are high ethical and moral standards. 67% of those surveyed said those are most important. And also among the top three highly rated attributes is communicating clear expectations. These leadership attributes are really all about creating a safe and trusting environment. And that's what our heroes do. We talked about superpowers. So you're the hero in a story today, the story of your life, and you have a superpower and you creating trust in your life, in your relationships, in your workplace, with your work team. That is all vital. These, Like I said, these leadership attributes are recognized as as creating a safe and trusting environment. And why is that important? Because employees then can relax. They can invoke their brain's highest capacity for social engagement, for innovation, creativity, and even ambition and productivity. Neuroscience proves all this. Because when the amygdala in your brain registers a threat to our your safety, arteries harden and thicken, and there's an increased blood flow. Your brain state changes, and in that state, we lose access to the social engagement system of the limbic brain. When you're in fight or flight mode, your brain is not effective, and the prefrontal cortex inhibits. Creativity and drive for excellence because it's busy in dealing with fight or flight survival mode. So, from a neuroscience perspective, one of the most important things you can do to empower other people is to make them feel safe. And now, I'm not usually talking about physical safety, even though that is important, but we're going to be talking about feeling safe on a emotional and um, mental level which means here's some here's two specific ways that you can help empower other people one is to share information you know in a, in the old model of leadership i think that Bosses often shut themselves away in their ivory tower office, even if it wasn't pretty, and they gave out information on a need to know basis. But what people really need to know is any information that affects them. Ideally, they should even be included in a decision making process, but at the very least, you need to let them know. What's going on? Where there fails to be clear communication, it provides an atmosphere for distrust. And we talked in the last episode with Dr. Toby Travis about how critical trusted leadership is. So that's the first thing that you can do on a very practical level. The second thing that you can do is give people autonomy. Now, autonomy has boundaries. In in coaching, it was Don Shula who wrote the book, Everyone's a Coach. He said, and this is everybody actually knows that in football, if you call an audible, that is when the quarterback or the defensive captain changes the plan on a given play, on the spur of a moment, when he realizes that the plan, plan A, won't work. Shula, in his training, emphasized that effectiveness at calling audibles begins with a plan. So that's what I mean by create autonomy. Give people autonomy, but you also create boundaries. The plan is the boundary. You can have policies. You can have plans. But here's a story that I want you to think about that really pertains to the way this works. There were two people that were observing the training of guide dogs for the blind. And they found that two kinds of dogs were disqualified from the program. The first kind, obviously, were the dogs who were just completely disobedient. They, they were running off doing their own thing. They wouldn't obey. They wouldn't do what their master asked of them. Clearly, they didn't make the cut. The other kind of dogs, though, that were dismissed, Surprisingly, were were ones that were actually completely obedient, but they only followed the rules. The dogs that work best as guide dogs are those that do whatever the master wants, unless it doesn't make sense. Here, let me give you an example. Okay, so the totally obedient dog and its master are standing at a street corner, and the dog's master says forward. The dog looks to the left and sees a car coming at 65 miles an hour, and the dog thinks, ah, this isn't going to work. Well, the obedient dog leads its master out into the middle of the road, and the rest is history. No, we want the dog that's going to listen to the command and think, okay, that doesn't make sense in this moment, and goes with common sense. Wow, that's autonomy. That's the kind of empowerment that we want to give our workers. We want to give our teams guidelines, boundaries, policies. You know, have you ever had a customer service experience where the person helping you on the phone was reading out of a script and they couldn't listen and respond as if you were a human being? Isn't that maddening? That is not the kind of leader's That's not the kind of leadership we want to give, because that kind of formation is not going to ever develop leaders. And we are in the business of developing leaders, empowering other people, helping people grow, release their gifts, become their very best. And yes, within the framework of an organization and the policies and programs, that's of course. But there has to be room for autonomy. That's one of the ways that we can empower other people. Okay, I want to give you another tool for empowering others that is so exciting. And it really has to do with becoming a coach rather than a boss, becoming a mentor rather than the one who has all the answers. And I read a a book recently called The Advice Trap by Michael Stanier. It's about staying curious a little longer. Some of you who follow me on YouTube and what have you have heard me talking about this, that staying curious a little longer is giving up the need to pretend you know it all and learning to ask questions rather than fix everything. This is a way that we empower other people. It's interesting that Stanier talks about how healthy teams have to avoid the drama triangle. And he calls the drama triangle three personalities. One is the rescuer, one is the victim, and one is the persecutor. Now, you think about the victim. That's when I was talking about at the beginning, when I was talking about the difference between empowerment and entitlement. Victims are—victim mentality leads to entitlement mentality. They go together. Persecutor is the one who's always blaming people and, you know, causing—they're usually angry and full of blame. But interestingly enough, about 85% of those surveyed in leadership identified themselves as rescuers. But you know what? We don't need rescuers either, because if we're a rescuer, that means there's a victim. And what we have to become is curious a little bit longer. And instead of trying to fix things, lead people through probing questions to discovering and unveiling and revealing the answers that are already within them. And that's how we develop. Empowered leaders. So, here's some questions that you can ask in a conversation with somebody that asks you for advice or asks you for help or is under your leadership and looking to you for direction. But here's some great questions, and you don't have to use all of them. My suggestion is to listen for one that makes sense for you to implement into your life in the next 24 hours, because you and I both know if you listen to this and you don't use anything you hear, you're not going to remember it a week from now. So listen for one question that you can start implementing as part of coaching people rather than just dishing out advice. And I have to laugh. Michael Standier calls it the advice monster that lives in all of us. We want to give advice. We like to fix things. We like to help. And we do like to be right. But instead, stay curious a little longer and ask, what's on your mind? You know, I don't, I tend to, sometimes want to frame it of, is there something bothering you? But then people get defensive. (laughs) It's better to say, what's on your mind? And then if they tell you something that's on their mind, then you say, and what else? Because what's interesting is that people, when you first ask them, are not likely to give you the answer that really matters. The next question is, what's the real challenge here for you the fourth question is okay what what do you want what is the best case scenario what is it what would an ideal outcome look like if you could work this out here and now and see the results in the next week what do you want that's the bottom line of that question what do you want And then the fifth question out of six I'm going to give you is, if you're saying yes to this outcome, what are you saying no to? And last but not least, the question is, how can I help? What does support look like for you? And that's really one question. I have phrased it two ways. How can I help? And what does support look like for you? You know what's beautiful? about that question and about a few of these others is it asks people to clarify their own expectations. We all have an EPS. You, everybody knows what a GPS is, but our EPS is our Expectational Positioning System. And sometimes we're not even clear on what our own expectations are. And as leaders, one of the things, that empowers other people is when we clearly communicate our expectations to them, because then they're not dealing with the frustration of trying to be a mind reader. Oh my gosh, that's always frustrating. So those, I'm going to go through the six questions I gave you today really quickly again. What's on your mind and what else? What's the real challenge here for you? What do you want? And if you're saying yes to this outcome, to what you want, what are you actually saying no to? And last but not least, it's not always appropriate for every conversation, but if it's appropriate, you can say, how can I help? What does support look like for you? I hope those things help. I have had empowerment on the mind. It is a really good thing to have self-confidence, to be free, to give yourself permission to try new things, to make mistakes, to even fail, to have boundaries so that you don't stay in the ditch when you fall off the road. Ah, That's one of my goals here on the High Road to Leadership is putting guardrails along The side of that high road, so that we can all stay on the road together, encourage each other as we move along, and have a successful outcome, fulfillment, and success, whatever that may look like for you. And before you go today, I do want to invite you to tap into a free gift that I've just developed in this season uh, in 2022 for the listeners of this podcast. If you are intrigued by what you hear and would like to read my book, which is called When From Within, The Heart of Success and Significance, I wrote this book several years ago, and I honestly continue to be very encouraged by the feedback I get from people who read it. I I wrote it in a way that it can Each chapter can be a standalone chapter. It's principles of living well that apply to your work, to your relationships, to your home life. They just apply. And what I'm going to offer you is the audiobook, which is not even available on Amazon, where the regular version of uh, Hold It In Your Hands book. But I made an audio form of the book just for you, the listeners of The High Road to Leadership. You can access it by going to my website at beverlyspeaks.com forward slash free book. That's beverlyspeaks.com forward slash free book. And hey, it all of this information will be in the show notes for whatever platform you happen to be listening to on. So I encourage you to refer to the show notes if you need to go back and get my con- t- contact information. You know, when I record these podcasts, I really enjoy the guest podcast because I'm seeing that person, even though we don't show you the video, but we're looking at each other across the video and sometimes in person in the studio. Uh, but we're having a conversation. And I'd like to think that these solo podcasts are the same way, that You can talk back. You can give me feedback. You can reach me by emailing me. I'd love to hear from you. I'm at beverly at beverlyspeaks.com. I hope you give me some input, feedback, thoughts, comments, suggestions for future episodes. You matter. Thank you for your listening ears today. And I'll always leave you with the encouraging thought that the best is yet to come. Thanks for being here today.